Welcome to the Tech and Main Presents Podcast with your host, Sean St. Hill. Sean is the CEO of Tech and Main, a technology consulting firm in Atlanta, Georgia. Listen in as thought leaders share their tips and insights about what's going on in the world of technology. And now, here's your host, Sean St. Hill. Thank you for joining another episode of Tech and Main Presents, where we bring you the best insights from today's leaders and experts in technology. Today's episode is brought to you by Tech and Main. Clients and employees are the top priority of a business. Protect the data of your top priority in three easy steps. Tech and Main can help you assess your cybersecurity posture, fix any errors, and help maintain your security program according to NIST and CIS standards. For more information, call our office at 678-575-8515. And now for today's guest. Today, we will be speaking with Chris Chirico. Chris is the Chief Operating Officer at Vergex. I'll let Chris share the rest of his background with us. But first, Chris, say hello to the Tech and Main Presents audience. Hey, everybody. Thanks for having me on today's episode. Really excited to be here, Sean. There's a lot of excitement over on this side of the microphone as well. Just really looking forward to the time we have together. And with that, why don't we jump into having you share your background with our audience? Awesome. Well, I don't want to come across as that person that loves to speak about themselves, but these are typically how they start. Uh, um, I'd love to share my background. It's been interesting where I started and then where I sit today and just seeing how the technology landscape has shifted and adopted and, and just progressed over time. But I initiated my career in technology um, actually with an ILEC, so an old incumbent local exchange carrier. So people climbing up telephone poles, access lines, that type of thing. And I joined at a, in a time when access lines were on the decline and a new technology was starting to emerge, which was VoIP and then later became Unified Communication. So that's where I actually initiated uh, getting into the Unified Communication space. And then while I was in Unified Communications, uh, it started to transition into this single software mindset where you had the managed service providers and managing more of the technology. And throughout that transition, I started to move into more of that managed service. And today I sit at a company where we deliver uh, not just SD-WAN, but also security and, and how do we help customers simplify their network. So You'll hear me probably speak today, Sean, about the passion and what we do today. But when I started out in SD-WAN, I was actually on the other end where I was a voice service provider. And a lot okay. of the value props and the, the, uh, you know, the, the differentiators of what SD-WAN was going to bring, while I was sitting in the seat as a voice service provider, I went, wow, this is some interesting stuff and pretty nifty and, and probably have to start looking at it. So... Yeah, my background started in telecommunications. It moved into cloud services, managed services, platform as a service business. And uh, before all of that started, I was a tennis player. I uh, grew up playing competitive tennis. It afforded me the ability to see new things, meet all sorts of interesting people, travel to different countries, different states geographies. And I trace that to the beginning of what's enabled me to be successful in the telecommunication space, because you always got to be accountable. You always got to be agile. And uh, if you're not moving with the times, you're going to get lost and left behind. So 
uh, tennis has been a really core thing throughout my life and in a roundabout way has brought me to where I am today, which is technology. Okay. So Chris, I have a curiosity question. Uh, You mentioned tennis. Sure. Who is your favorite tennis player? Well, it used to be Pete Sampras. Uh, Things have changed. Uh, I think Federer is by far my favorite because of the grace and the longevity of his career. I mean, there's just nothing like it, at least in tennis. Obviously, there's the big three playing out there now, Djokovic, Nadal, and Federer. And when you just think about the ability to be at such a high standard for so many years, I mean, you don't even see companies usually stay at that high of a level for that long. So it's really amazing. And the reason I really enjoy those three and specifically Federer is the ability to stay at that level level not only shows how great they are, but how they amass such a competent team around them. Right. And I say team because just like in business, it's not just one person that really gets to the promised land. It's assembling the right people around you to make sure that you're effective at what you're doing. I think Federer has been really, really phenomenal in his approach to his tennis game, his approach to his own brand, and how he's just been an ambassador to the sport and, and life. I can't argue there with um, you know with any of the names you mentioned. I, I don't follow tennis as closely as I used to, but um, I'm a little old school. So I'll, I'll go back in the, uh, the annals of history. And my favorites are Bjorn Borg, Boris Becker, Arthur Ashe, and John McEnroe. The great ones. Those yes. are great names. <laughs> yes. The, 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 the classics. I think of, of the three, I'd, I'd have to say my, my favorite is McEnroe. Um, just the, the level of talent and the level of passion combined. It, it was always interesting to watch. It was, it was always must-see TV when he was playing Connors back in the day. And yeah, just some of the classic matches um, from those years oh, gone yeah, by. Definitely. Yep, definitely. And he's still around. I mean, it, you know, and that, you know, that that also shows just, you know, different people and how they've contributed back into the sport and want to stay with it. So if you're passionate about it day one, you know, you'll start to see them stay with it long after retirement and kind of parlay that into different aspects. And he's one of those people that his playing career, right, as a day-to-day professional is over, but he's maintained uh, a relationship with the sport and and uh, continues with that. And, and interesting enough, he has a brother that plays. I have a brother that plays. And so I, I definitely enjoy uh, background as well, but you brought up some really good names. Well, thanks, Chris. And I appreciate you sharing that background with us. So you're there at Vergex. What has you most excited about your work on a daily basis? Yeah, for me, you know, there's a few things that make me proud, but also excited to come to work. One, just on a internal level, you know, seeing the team, seeing them advance as as people, right, and and human beings has been something that excites me because I think I've said this before somewhere or even to you, Sean, is uh, you know seeing people that have come out of school and have matured into fathers and wives and and you know so forth. I mean that that excites me every day because you know what are we doing it for? Um, so that's one thing that always excites me is just the team in general. Uh, for me as well, it's working with the partners, working with our customers. You know, how do we deliver an effective solution? You know, not just today, but then down the road, because a lot of what we work on is solution architecting, and it's working with a customer on a technology horizon 
And that's an exciting thing. And, and obviously, we're living in a pandemic. Um, and part of it is helping create certainty in an uncertain time. And that creates excitement, right? There's, there's always energy. There's always something going on with that. So those are some of the things that have really excited me throughout each day as uh, you know, an operator at Virgex. Okay, great. And so, Chris, that's a nice segue into this next question, which is, what would you say is the biggest issue your customers are currently dealing with? I don't even think it's just our customers. I'd say customers and businesses in general, it's the unknown. And I'd say it's the unknown coupled with the noise. Um, so you have this uncertainty of what's going on and how's the business going to be impacted. And, and again, businesses are made up of not just technologies and services, but people. Uh, and you compound the uncertainty of you know what's going on with the business. And then people going, well, how does this impact me? And you know, part of our job is is working through those unknowns with our you know IT directors and you know the folks that are managing networks and technologies and helping them you know navigate through this unknown period right with these different technologies and also helping make sense of all the noise. And I say noise because you know, as you know, there's a lot of technologies in the market. There's a lot of people communicating technologies, and it can't always be our service. We know that, but if we help somebody or a business understand our value prop or somebody else and they make a good meaningful business decision that's a good thing for everybody um, and that's why I say part of our job is working through not just the unknowns but the noise um, and those are some of the challenges that we're seeing not just with our customers again I just see in the market um, there's a lot of unknowns right now and there's a lot of noise going on so uh, really just being effective with how we work with our customers prospects and partners, through those issues that are uh, you know, faced today. Okay. And so, Chris, that's that's actually a, a great and, you know, really timely answer because, to your point, we are living still in the midst of a pandemic and there are a lot of unknowns. There is a lot of noise. And so what I'd like to have you do is elaborate a little bit on, you know, how exactly is Vertex helping deal with the unknowns and the noise. I know you you talked about, you know, collaborating with IT directors and, and IT staff, but you know, what are what are some examples that you might be able to share along those lines? Yeah, great question. I mean through our, our distribution, you know, whether it's through service providers or our great partner community, you know, our our charter is bringing meaningful solutions to businesses, right? Making sure that they operate effectively with the least amount of operational drag, right? And we do that through our leading SD-WAN and security solution, um, which is a Gardner leader, leveraging Versa technologies. So what what we've been uh, successful with is helping customers, uh, whether through whichever distribution, simplify their network, making sure that they're operating their critical applications, their network in a way that not only gives them the ability to operate more effectively, but also with the least amount of operational drag. Okay. And that's important because again, in this time, right, not only is it just hard price, but it's also resources, right? And and how do I manage all these different technologies? How do I bring in an SD-WAN solution? How do I make sure that I can stay mission critical on what my business is while bringing in another technology? And that's where we've been really, really successful, um, Sean, is, is being able to work with our distribution to get these meaningful solutions, SD-WAN and security, to the different type of businesses, whether it's a 
you know, single location uh, law firm or hair salon or a global enterprise, right? And and each of those you would think have different um, you know requirements, and they certainly do. But at the end of the day, right, businesses need to rely on you know value technology partners and making sure that that value technology partner is going to be an extension of their team, and that's how we approach our product to our distribution is that we do believe that we're a value technology partner and we operate just that way. And what that means is we never want our customers and our partners to drink from a fire hose. Okay. And to say that is one thing to put your kind of badge on the table and say, this is kind of the line in the sand. And and one of the things that we focused on, it was the operational expertise. And that's how we've been, you know, again, working with um, the different businesses out there. And ensuring that as we do bring you know a different technology you know to their network, it's a way that they can consume it um, and also find value out of it day one, and not take their focus off of what they do today because they're operating their own business, and you can't have a technology take you off of your own charter. No, Chris, that's a that's a great point, and I appreciate you elaborating on that. So you've got your team there at Vergex and. Obviously, with everything that's going on, you know, how have you been able to keep your team engaged uh, throughout the pandemic? Yeah, great, <laughs> great question. I think a lot of businesses are you know, being faced with this. First thing I, I just say is we we've done a lot of those virtual get-togethers. Um, we do weekly stand-ups. A lot of times, it's not about business, right? It's not about you know, what tickets open or what, you know, what opportunity are we assisting with or, you know, any of the infrastructure related items that can't always be conversation because we're a close knit organization and how we operate. Like I said, one of the meaningful things for me has been seeing the team expand and grow and and mature as people and humans. Um, And some of our our weekly standups have been focused around each other, right? What's new, what, you know, how things going and, and uh, what is impacting your life, right? Because uh, this pandemic has impacted individuals in different ways. And we probably still don't even know the extent that there'll be you know, some of those unintended consequences of this you know, pandemic. Uh, but, but having those type of virtual get-togethers, having those type of stand-ups where we can collaborate as people and leveraging the different collaboration tools, which it's nice knowing that my background was in unified communications and being able to see these collaboration tools really become so meaningful in you know the world today. And and I said this to somebody else, but I what I found most interesting is you know, Zoom has become the TiVo of our day, right? Where everybody goes, Oh, did you TiVo that yeah, you TiVo that uh that that show, right? And and you're like, well, I haven't had a TiVo probably ever, maybe in years. Right? It's just on my my device that I got from whichever provider. And it's the same thing here where you'll see grandparents go, well, do you want to Zoom or something? And, right. and Zoom has really <laughs> became uh, that, that TiVo of our time, which you know, for us, we've been using you know, Zoom and, and GoToMeeting and all the different collaboration tools that have been out there for years. But now seeing um, more of that kind of uh, private sector and uh, you know, residential and just individual users outside of business be able to leverage the collaboration tools have been uh, interesting to watch. But that's also been how we've been able to uh, stay engaged as well as leveraging technology. Okay. Yeah, I think that's that's certainly been, you know, one of the silver linings in all of this is the ability to leverage technology and stay 
engaged. I know a lot of um, the suppliers and providers that I work with and even customers, you know, without Zoom or WebEx, where would we be? So yeah, definitely a great, um, it's, it's nice to be able to sell technology, but also eat your own food as well and, and be a, a user of it. Definitely. Definitely. All right. Well, Chris, let's do this. Let's uh, pivot into some questions that are specific to you. And the first of those would be, what is your favorite musician or band? Well, Sinatra, hands down. Uh, I mean, I don't even know if I have to explain why. Uh, it's the chairman <laughs> of the board. He's my all-time favorite, ultimate entertainer. He's from the Northeast, obviously, where I sit. And there's a lot of personal meetings with him, but Sinatra, no hesitation on that. Okay, so so now that you've put the chairman of the board out there, what would you say is your favorite Sinatra song? Oh, uh, good question. I mean, my way is kind of his boilerplate. That's life. Probably that's life is going to be my favorite. If you ask me to give a little verse of it, I think the interview is over. (laughs) 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 But maybe someday. Okay. Uh, But yeah. All right. We'll, that, is, that is probably my favorite. Okay. We'll, uh, we'll, we'll just leave, we'll leave it at the title then. Um, <laughs> yeah. We won't ask you to, uh, yeah, to sing, to sing any of it, but oh, chairman of the board. The, and, and, I, and I'm sure your viewers are going to be very happy that we left out the singing portion. Right. <laughs> yeah. That <laughs> I'm, I'm sure that that would be the case, Chris. No, I'm just kidding. Um <laughs> All right. How about a favorite hobby or pastime? Uh, tennis. Like I said, I mean, it's where I started. Uh, the life lessons, the relationships, I think, have been priceless. Things that I've gone back to you know, over my career, over my life. And hands down, it's been uh, tennis. Okay, great. And how about a favorite vacation spot? Well, when we've been able to travel, <laughs> I say we, because I love traveling with my wife. We've we've been able to go to some really uh, beautiful places. Mallorca in Spain has been one of my favorite places because of the beauty of it, uh, the relaxation element, and the overall vibe of of the island. Um, so I'd say Mallorca has been one of my favorite vacation spots. Okay, awesome. And Chris, what one person are you following that you would classify as being innovative? I don't know if I'd say I'm following, but I recently watched something on Sarah Blakely, the founder of Spanx, and I found her to be one of the most interesting people to just learn about her background, her philosophies, her views on business, her views on life. Um, you know, something that I heard her say is that, you know, her father actually asked them, I think every night or at dinner or whenever it was saying, you know, what have you failed at today? And what he was teaching them is not to be afraid to go out there and try new things and and the life lessons that will come from that. I thought that was just, you know, really awesome and, and kind of goes to, you know, what she's about. And the other thing is just learning more about her, uh, you know, her executive level, where she's been from a product standpoint, you know, she's a great salesperson. Uh, but she's really focused on the simplicity and the user experience, which you know, in our world, 
it's a really great thing, right? We always say the whole KISS, keep it simple, stupid, right? That's kind of an acronym that gets thrown out a lot. Sure. Uh, but a lot of times we chase the razzle dazzle, we chase the new feature, we chase, you know, all the different bells and whistles. And you know, what what she brought up is how she's always focused on that user experience. And though she didn't bring out the the newest clasp or something like that on on their product. It was about how does it feel on the body? How does that relate to the actual user experience? And that that really impacted me when I heard that. I went, yeah, exactly right. Because it is about the user experience. It's great to sell and it's great to bring to market all these great you know, features and, and bells and whistles. And again, the razzle-dazzle. But at the end of the day, you got to back into the user experience and how does it get implemented? And how is it actually going to get used? And does it make sense, right? Because... If it's a feature or it's a product that sounds great, but in practicality, it's not going to get used, then a customer is probably not going to want to pay for it. If they're not going to pay for it, then they're not going to buy it, right? I really found it interesting just to learn more about her background, her ability as a, a great salesperson, and then you know focusing on the user experience. So if anybody has not covered her, I think you'll find it really, really great. There's a great masterclass that she gives, and it's awesome. Yeah, Chris. So I'm I'm actually grinning um, because Sarah's um, company headquarters is right here in the heart of Atlanta. So, you know, of course, she and her husband uh, Jesse Itzler are big in the Atlanta community. You know, from an entrepreneurial standpoint, uh, from a philanthropy standpoint, and so I think you picked a great person in Sarah Blake. Excuse me, in Sarah Blakely. All right. So Chris, we've almost come to the end of our time together, but um, we've got one last question for you. And this requires us to jump in the time machine. And <laughs> we are going to go back to 18-year-old Chris Chirico. What is the Chris of today going to tell his 18-year-old self? Well, first, I mean, if you knew the 18-year-old me, the question would be, assuming my 18-year-old self would listen to me, that's kind of the, the baseline. But assuming the 18-year-old uh, Chris Tirico would listen to uh, the older Chris Tirico, I, I would say enjoy the process. Right? Sometimes you're so focused on the benchmarking against your past and the horizon that you want to get to that you don't appreciate the action of the present. And that's where I would say focus on the process. Enjoy it. What will happen or what can happen will happen. You can control what you can control. Past is the past. The future, you're going to get to in time. But uh, enjoy the process. It's uh, what makes getting to the destination that much more rewarding. So, Chris, it's it's interesting that you would tell your younger self to trust the process, enjoy the process. I'm a huge basketball fan. And you know, one of the teams that I follow is the Philadelphia 76ers. And so, you got it. Home, my hometown team. See, there you go. And so, right. Uh, and I'm, I I want to say it was Sam Hinkie was the general manager at the time. And he coined that phrase, you know, hey, 76ers fans, trust the process, you know. And, mm-hmm. you know, of course, that process ended up yielding, you know, Joel Embiid, Ben Simmons, and, you know, a number of other homegrown talent you know, that the, that the 76ers have. So I think there is something to be said for, you know, trusting and enjoying the process. Definitely. Well, we need your support. The uh, Sixers need more fans. They uh, stay with them. There you go. There you go. All right. Well, Chris, we have come to that time where 
we part company. But before we do, my friend, what is the best way for us to keep in contact with you? Sean, thanks for having me. Um, thanks to your, your audience for listening to this. I hope it was enjoyable. I hope there were some things that maybe resonated. And if anybody would like to connect further, LinkedIn is a great way to stay connected with me. It's got my contact information and you can reach out to me on that. I'd be happy to connect with new people and have great, meaningful discussions. All right, great. And Chris, of course, we will have your LinkedIn profile in the show notes. And so again, Chris, thank you so much. It's been a lot of fun. And yeah, just look forward to good success and opportunities down the road. And of course, Tech and Main Presents, thank you for listening as always. We appreciate you being our great audience. And be sure to tune in next time when we will have another technology expert share their wisdom. Goodbye for now. You've been listening to another episode of Tech and Main Presents. Be sure to subscribe on Apple Podcast, Spotify, or wherever you listen to your favorite podcast. Don't forget to tell your friends. And thanks for being a part of the Tech and Main Presents community.